0: For all the people out there that are young, there was no internet in 1995. <laughs> there was no cell phone. There was no cell phone. No there was, was no internet going on, and you had probably a beeper. I did. <laughs> okay, okay. I did. Welcome, to CEO Parenting Podcast. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> uh, darling Wilson. So the great thing about all these conversations is a lot of times I don't know who these people are. <laughs> and so um one of our former guests, Jen Ryan, introduced us and she said that Darlene is awesome. And so we're gonna find out how awesome <laughs> Darlene is. So so welcome. So glad you're here. Thank you. Okay, Thanks so, so Jen Ryan introduced us. Yeah. Okay, so tell me how you know Jen.
1: So I know Jen because when she first came to Birmingham, mm-hmm. uh she was interested in really finding her way in this entrepreneurial sure. world. And so she was talking to some people. and was uh-huh. like, I want to I want to find out, you know, the lay of the land. I sure. want to talk to some other entrepreneurs. I want to really meet some other women in this space and she and I were introduced. Um and okay. somebody mentioned called my name. Yeah. For us to connect. Great. And we connected and we have stayed connected ever since. And I've been a part of every one of her entrepreneurial journeys. She's um, wonderful. And we, we really admire each other. She's great.
0: Okay, <laughs> so tell me about what you do. So obviously something with business owners. Tell me about what you do day to day.
1: So I'm an accountant. Okay. Um, that's the work that I do. I've been um, in this space for 30 years now. I started out in early 90s as a corporate banker. Uh, I was was an analyst um, initially in my profession, and then I went into public accounting in mid-90s, but I did both. I had an accounting job part-time. And I worked full time still at the bank. And I did that uh, for quite some time through 2002. Okay. Um, Then went into public accounting full time for about three years and launched my own firm in January of 2006. And never 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 to look back. So
0: let's do this. Let's go back to the beginning. So talk to me about growing up, high school, college, where'd you grow up, all those good, all the the fun details.
1: So, born and raised in Lake Charles, Louisiana. I'm a good so my dad Creole was born. Guy.
0: My dad was born in Bogalusa, yeah. which is nor- farther north, but the same South of Louisiana. Okay. Yeah.
1: So born and raised there. Um, I actually went my first year of college to NLU, which is Northeast yep. Louisiana University in Monroe, mm-hmm. Louisiana. And at the time, my brother and his wife were in Huntsville. Okay. And um, she took a one-year assignment. Um, she was in the army. She took a one-year assignment to career, No families, no spouses. So my brother moved to Birmingham to finish his college education okay and during that year's time i would commute uh from munro
0: and, hang and out. come and
1: visit birmingham and yeah. hang out with my brother and uh i thought birmingham was beautiful it's great uh, i thought it was an absolutely magical city even yeah. then i was only 18 years old i remember calling my parents and saying what are Think about if I moved to Birmingham yeah. and um, and finished school, and you had to know my parents. You know my dad was like, you can go wherever you want to go, really? as long as you know you can come back home. Sure, That's And great. so I took the leap for Birmingham yeah. in 1990, and I never looked So you looked went back. to college. Where did you go to college? I went to UAB, and yes! then from there I went go to Go <laughs> Blazers, <laughs> Go Blazers. That's right. And then I went to Montevallo because Montevallo okay. is where I actually got my accounting degree from.
0: So, growing up. Sounds like you got pretty good parents.
1: Great parents.
0: Okay. So growing up, what did your parents do?
1: They were entrepreneurs. Were they really? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, very successful entrepreneurs, you know. what kind of business did they own? So they were in real estate, both residential real estate and commercial real estate. And within our commercial real estate platform, my parents owned uh, local food markets.
0: Like what do you mean? Like like grocery stores? Like a little grocery store. But did they run the grocery store or they own the property?
1: We own the grocery stores. And we rent, but ran they also the own the property, the commercial properties that they that they landed in.
0: Okay, so growing up, being in that, what did you want to do? Like, you know, when you were a little <laughs> girl, like, even in like middle school, high school, what did you think? Oh, I want to go do this. What was it?
1: So it's really interesting because my story wasn't that it wasn't really crystal clear as to sure. what I wanted to do. But in hindsight, as I think about it. I knew I was a numbers girl and I knew I wanted to understand the business behind a business because when I was a child, I would go into the store and I wanted to do the inventory. I would calculate the sales taxes. I would enter the numbers on the general journal. Um, and so I did- At all your folk of store. At my folk store. And I'm 12,
0: wow. 13
1: years old. And, um, and then- When I got old enough to drive, I was responsible for like going to pick up goods, making the bank runs, making the bank deposits. So you you were
0: involved at an early early age of the business.
1: Of the business. But I didn't want to be a business owner because in my mind, I was like... This takes my parents away from home a whole lot, you know, because if employees didn't go to work and there were sure. plans for the family, our plans were altered, right? Yeah. Because my parents were dedicated; it was the right thing to oh, do. I know. You got business I mean, hours, and you have hours of operation, and you have to be there. Yeah, and. Uh, but didn't understand at that time what the real quality of life we really lived as a result of my parents having that flexibility. Did
0: you, did you, yeah. so saying that, you thought, felt, felt like you had a great quality of life
1: looking oh gosh, back? We had a great quality of life. Yeah. Now, yeah.
0: were they the type that felt like if the doors were open, they had to be there?
1: No, they were not that. They were yeah. they were not like that. Uh, my, but my parents were very hands-on sure. with their businesses. Um, and so it wasn't going to slip away from them. No doubt. Uh, but they were good with having team members and having employees. My, my parents really kind of worked in shifts as it relates to the store so that a parent would always be with the children. And so That's we good. always had mom or we always had dad.
0: Yeah. How many brothers and sisters do you have?
1: I have one brother and two sisters. Okay, now what do they do? Uh, So my oldest sister works for me in the firm now. (laughs) Your oldest sister? (laughs) Yes. That's right. So she was an at-home mom for years, and her and her husband uh, had lived in Singapore for quite some time with his profession. And so when they moved back to the U.S. and her children, when she became an empty nester, she decided she wanted to do a little something. And, um, and she and I had worked together before they okay. had moved to Singapore. And so I was like, hey, I got space for you. Uh, and so there's no better person to work with
0: that's than, great. than
1: my older sister as well. So my brother's in Chicago. Okay. Uh, he's in quality assurance and management, okay. um, that sort of work. My middle sister lives in Dubai and she's in the medical field.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Right. So she moved to Dubai um, after my. Father passed in 2014. Mm-hmm. She started to really try to explore, you know, what she was going to do because she was a caretaker of our dad.
0: And okay. then when dad
1: transitioned, um, she was, she's the only one that's single, doesn't have any children, yeah. and she's just living her best life. Really? Yeah. So she took out into this market of contract work, and um, now she's landed in Dubai the last couple years.
0: So this is this, this these conversations I have never go this direction, but I got to ask. So. And we'll get back to the business stuff later. So there's four of y'all? It's four of us. Four of y'all. Okay, so there's four kids.
1: Four kids.
0: All of you have made, it sounds like on the surface, now obviously every family has their issues. It sounds like all four of you have made great decisions and done well, made the right thing, not ended up in crazy spots. Now obviously there may be some stuff (laughs) that you're not telling me, and that's totally fine. (laughs) But what do you think your folks did or didn't do? that caused all four of you to lead what seems like a pretty successful adulthood in you and brother and sister? I mean, like, what, tell me, what do you think they did or didn't do?
1: So I think my parents did an amazing job of living by example. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have parents that just told you to, you do this and you do that my parents if, if something was expected of us as children our going so which means chores uh, it, it, our work responsibilities sure. as it relates to the business and everybody was a part of it um, so we we lived a life that there was a lot of discipline um, okay. in, in our family um, education was not an option
0: it was um, was okay so when you say that was it talked about a lot or was it just expected understood and expected
1: no it was talked about it was talked about uh it was it was constant education if I would say so my dad was a type of what type of father you said dad what does this word mean he go okay so on this bookshelf nice over shelf. here uh go to row one and pull that book and then when you get that out then I want you to go read something else and you're like I just want to know the definition just, of this one I word. just
0: want to know <laughs> I don't I, don't, I just I just want to know what this means. Right. What does this He's mean? He's like, no,
1: no, no. That's not yeah. how that goes. So learning um, was always a big part of of who we were. We were we were really close family. So we did everything together. Mm-hmm. That meant church, school, work, play.
0: Were the, all the four siblings like you were talking about doing the ledger and things like that? Were all the four siblings involved at the grocery stores? At the, at the places?
1: All four siblings were involved. Y'all were all like... All of them. My, my brother, in fact, you know, we had a lot of residential rental property. And so all of the maintenance and repairs was done by my father and done by my brother.
0: Okay, so let's go back. I, I missed this part. So y'all had the grocery store, but y'all also had rent, like residential rental property. Yes,
1: residential rental property. And ha, we had commercial. This was in the 80s. This is in the 80s.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, how many rental properties did you, do you remember?
1: I want to say it was about 18 to 20 homes that my parents had.
0: Okay. So, see, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Back in the 80s, like, I mean, I grew up in Alabama. But so, they but, would
1: buy uh, homes, um, and some of them they would make into duplex, and some they sure. would make into triplex. And so, you know, in what started out as one piece of property um, originally, then either became a duplex or a triplex, and my brother and my father would do. And they managed most it. Of, they managed it and did most of the work.
0: Gotcha. So they were doing this 30 years before it became popular.
1: Yes. Before. No TV shows, no talking TV about shows, all that stuff. No, none of that. Right. That's
0: great. Now, what was, well, okay, I'm getting super deep in these woods. What, were, what was your dad's background that caused him to do that?
1: So both of my grandparents on both sides are entrepreneurs as well. So my father this is. Back is in the 50s. Yeah. So my father's from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, he was in the Air Force, but honestly, our our family's business ideas really came from my mother. So it was my mother's idea to own property and to own these these stores. Her real reason for that was to be really service a community of people that she thought was even underserved, even at that time. Now,
0: where's she from?
1: From Lake Charles, Louisiana. Mm. And my father was in the Air Force, and he was stationed in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And so that's how how my dad got there. That's how they met, and they stayed there ever since and raised their family. Okay.
0: So this is, I love this. (laughs) So um, I didn't grow up like this at all. Like, my parents were teachers, and so just a totally different lifestyle. But I love, like, we try to do this with our kids. Like, the catering stuff that we own, I take my two big kids. My youngest is seven. I take my two big kids. My fourteen year old goes and works events just like any of my employees. Mm-hmm. She does great. Like mm-hmm. I just throw her in the mix, and the girls will tell her what to do, or I'll tell her what to, and she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. My eleven year old boy is not quite to that level yet, but he's close. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't. They they like coming, but it is a little bit different. Well, talk to me about school. When you go to, when you go to school, you'd go to school and you, you did you play sports or anything like that or were you just pretty much involved in all this kind of stuff?
1: No, we played sports. Did you? We all had extracurricular activities. Yeah. I was fast pitch softball player. Okay. <laughs> From age <laughs> 7 years old yeah. through through high school. Yeah. And so my brother played football, uh, my older sister ran track, Okay. and uh, my middle sister she was a dancer.
0: Okay. And so y'all I, I were involved best. in all good things. I mean, we were just... all,
1: we were very involved, very involved in our church. We're well-rounded, um, it sounds like. Very well-rounded family, very involved in church, church activities, mm-hmm. um, born and raised Catholic. Um, and so, really? Yeah. Huh. So okay. So from the perspective of Catholicism, yeah. we, my mother was a very devoted right. um, Catholic, and so we were incredibly involved in the church.
0: Okay, so you go to high school, you decide to go to UAB. Did you know from day one that you wanted to do accounting? No. What'd you do?
1: I thought I was going to school to be a nurse. Really? <laughs> yep. I thought I was going to school to be a nurse. Um, I thought, again, I told you my, I was like, no, I'm not doing anything entrepreneurial.
0: But you liked it, though. I That's did that didn't make like sense it. to me.
1: But here, what, it, so think about it. Oh, like you, this. you
0: didn't like it because you felt like it t- took you away from. I got you. Yeah. You took your parents away.
1: Took my parents away at times. And then I said, I just want to have a job. Something mm. that tells me I'm off for. I get two weeks vacation, three weeks vacation. I go at this time and I leave at this time. I, you know, I don't want the idea that, oh, if my team member doesn't come to I work. I got to go in. I have to go in. <laughs> you didn't like that. I didn't like that.
0: Did you? Did um, you um, so this is what I hear a lot in talking to people that have W-2 jobs. They like the consistency of pay. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to make five grand a month, ten grand a month, they want to know mm-hmm. that I'm bringing home this much. I, I mean, an hour ago, I got off the phone with a friend of mine who has a really high-paying W-2 mm-hmm. job, but he said I'd really like to do my own thing. But but
1: <laughs> he's
0: intimidated and scared by not having the every month income. So you kind of felt that. Not, not so much. Maybe not that, but you you wanted the time. You wanted the the consistency.
1: So there, there's a bit of a twist to how I became mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, um, uh, is, which was really a lifestyle business. Yeah. Um, so I became a single parent very early on. Okay. Uh, when my son was a, was a young boy, and um, I was working as a staff accountant, and that's a very demanding. Uh, well, it's entry level. Okay. Just, beginning years okay. of in your profession. So I didn't have much flexibility mm-hmm. in the profession. And my background is tax. And as you all know, it's tax season tax now. Season. <laughs> I'm <laughs> lucky ta- just to have you here. <laughs> right, it's tax season <laughs> yeah. now. And so, you know, my work weeks were, were 80 hour work weeks. And um, given that even though I was a single parent, uh, it was still just as important for me sure. to have the same quality of life and family life and be a part of my son's life as it was for me to work. Right. There was no choice in working. Sure. Because, of course, I had to work. Right. But I also wanted to be a mom. Mm. I also wanted to be present in my son's life. Yeah. I wanted to do PTO meetings. I wanted to do field trips. I wanted to be there for his uh, games and, you know, whatever activities he, yeah. he, he was a part of. And so really, 2006 happened just really saying, hey... I've got to have some flexibility.
0: Okay, so let me let's go back. So you're a, you're an accountant. You're how entry level are you in 2006? How long have you been doing in 2006?
1: So at two, in 2006, I was four years full time.
0: Okay, so four years post post grad, uh, four years full time being an accountant, mm-hmm. and I would assume divorce, whatever with. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then that's when you after the divorce you started you started your accounting business. Absolutely. So you did it because you wanted more
1: time. I needed more time. I needed the flexibility of, of a schedule that w- I could say, I can when I take my son to school, yeah. I'm available for work. Right. When the 3 o'clock, three o'clock hour hits. hits, 3.30, I'm done with work.
0: And most people don't think of it that way. Most mm-hmm. people do it because of money. Um, I did it because the Lord told me to, but I also liked the money better. I felt like if I, I felt like I wanted to be in charge of how much I made. Now I'll say this, the first three or four years, it was not a time thing because I worked as much as I always did. But I could work when I wanted to work. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like that's what happened with you. Sure.
1: It really became money, of course, it, it was important. Sure. Yeah. But at that point, Anyone that
0: says that money's not important is a freaking tool. Yeah, that's true. That's because I mean, yeah. you
1: can't do anything yeah. without it. It's, a, it's
0: the <laughs> it's one a of the. It's a, it's a necessary tool, tool that we all have, yes. and that's what it is. It's a tool. Yep, it can is. be used for good, or it can or be, be used for, used for evil. Yep. I mean, and, and like I can't stress that enough. Is like, uh, here's this sounds like it's maybe a horrible example, but money is like a gun. Okay, someone comes into my house. And tries to shoot me, I can self defend myself and my family, and it is a great tool yes, but it can also be used for evil if so and so you know frustrates me and I just want to go shoot him because I want to get revenge mm-hmm. then it's for evil
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think the money and the money can be is this it's the same way it's just how are you using it and right. so you needed the time like the money, but the most important thing was the time
1: I had already been working part time. As an accountant mm. since 95. So I was building a book of business on my own over that, in that. So in 93, okay. I entered my professional uh, career. Accounting. Corporate banking.
0: That's right, banking. So you're so a I banker. In, I was
1: in banking, and okay. I was an analyst. And so I was at Compass Bank first. Okay. And uh, then I went on to... Uh, South Trust Bank South in 1995.
0: You be, be, be South Trust. <laughs> South Trust has changed 15 yeah, times. Yes.
1: <laughs> I was at South Trust in 1995. And in 95, I was like, oh, I'll get me a part-time job. The part-time job. Are you married job, in 95? No. No. And the part-time job was at an accounting firm. When you
0: say banking, what do you mean? Are you... I'm in cute, cute, Darlene the teller, or like you're in there yeah, doing I'm an loans. Analyst and, in the commercial analyst.
1: lending division.
0: Analyst in commercial lending. So, yeah. so a pretty good living. Yes. For a single, single, for a single
1: woman. woman.
0: Okay. And then you said, okay, I need a, a little more money because I like nice things. And I okay. want to save. Yes. Okay. So, so, t- so what did you start doing?
1: So I went. So I found a part-time job. Back then, part-time jobs is a newspaper. So, I'm scouring the newspaper on a Sunday afternoon, and it says... For all the people out there that are
0: young, there was no internet in 1995. (laughs) There was no cell phone, there was no 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 internet, internet and you had probably a beeper.
1: (laughs) I did. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, okay, I did. okay.
1: From sorry. On yes, one. exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So we're on the same page.
0: So so you started looking at the newspaper. This so is, I started okay.
1: looking in the newspaper. There's this part time job and it says data entry, and it was listed as seasonal and it said ten dollars an hour. I was like, well, two things. It's seasonal. If I don't like it, i I can yeah. <laughs> it'll be over. Okay, it's so this is time.
0: This is uh the uh, third, th- almost 30 years ago. Yeah. $10 an hour 30 years ago was a lot of money. It was a lot of money. $10 an hour is probably 20, 25 right now.
1: Yeah. It was a lot of money for then. and I was like, oh, this is some good part-time money to go make. Well... One, you didn't know where. I don't know if you remember. They wouldn't put much information in those little boxes. Well, it was. It would just say, "Mail your resume to." The and it was a PO box. And it was like
0: the, <laughs> pa- oh, the page. The page. The newspaper was gigantic. Yes. And the, there was a gazillion boxes on there. Right. I know exactly which is the the yes. one ads.
1: The one ads.
0: I haven't heard the you, word "one." Ads and you go, and I would, I went okay. and circled them. So you go through and you get data entry, ten dollars an $10. hour. You see ten dollars an hour, and you're like, sign, sign me up. up. Yes. Okay, go, so, go sign ahead. Sign me up.
1: And so I send in my resume. They give me a call for me to come in. They by this time I get the address and company name. Look at, I'm like, this is an accounting firm. Well, data entry was a real thing back then because they were just going from paper returns. To software, and the old heads was not interested it. in learning that software. So that. they were like, "We're gonna pass off these handwritten young bucks tax <laughs> to, That's these, it. to these young bucks." So you gotta know me. I'm so sitting you in 1995, 1995, you're on a computer, and I'm sitting back there keying these tax returns. And I'm like, "Gosh, this is really interesting." I was like, I, I really want to learn more about this. So then I started talking to the accountants. I started talking to the CPAs in the firm. Like, what does this really mean if this was something I thought I was interested in doing for a profession? Right. And, I mean, and they're the ones who guided me into this, you go get you an accounting degree. And, you know, and I decided, I was like, well, I had all this all this biology and chemistry classes so i was really like starting all over again so south trust bank still had a tuition reimbursement program and i go to lawson state community college and i start getting my core business classes from lawson state because that's all the infusion of cash i had was for one or two classes at a time get reimbursed and then you take the the other few classes
0: so you're south you're south trust (laughs) and you're getting this reimbursement which by the way if people out there that have a W two job, especially the bigger corporation, ask about these things. Because if you want to go back and get something, a lot of times they'll pay for it, like they did. This is still going on. Yes. And so people will pay. So if you if you're out there and you want to go do something, get the get your business to pay for it. So so they're paying for two classes at a time or whatever it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How it's many like,
0: hours did you need to get an accounting degree? So
1: actually, oh well. It, for me, it was probably a, well over two years. Oh, God
0: bless you. Because you
1: have to remember, I had no business background. Zero. Yeah. So there was no, I mean, I could only, prob- I only could fulfill what is required. Of course, everybody takes English, you know, yeah, 101, sure. 102, all you the basics. You, you got the first I've two got years. And i got all my um, electives. You got the first basically. two years.
0: And, and so you I'm, got a year and a half, two years. I right. got
1: two, two years, two years to go. And so okay. Now,
0: as you're doing that, what, are you doing anything? Any accounting work? Are you still having this part time job?
1: I had the part time job. For, uh, I never left the part time job. I stayed there and then started working for them full time when I left the bank.
0: How long did you take? You it, it took you two years to get your degree, your it, accounting. No, degree?
1: it took me much longer. It to, would have been two years
0: that. of going at five, four or five. A, right. Oh.
1: Yeah. So it took me longer than that. That's but I was a lot of patience. To I, I, I was enjoying, you know, I was enjoying it though. I was, you know, and, and then I had a halt because I did have Christian in '99. Right. Okay. So then I became a mom, and I didn't finish until after he was born. Okay. Mm, and gotcha. then that's when I went left the bank in 2002.
0: So because were, by this
1: time I I have the credentials. I have what I need to work full okay. time. Okay, so you go
0: from '95 to oh2 to 02 working the two jobs
1: working two jobs
0: So part to full time at the bank did you like the bank or was it just a means to an end
1: Yeah I did like the bank Yeah sure okay yeah, So I you're at the, the bank.
0: bank so you go there 7 you said 95 or 93 at the bank
1: I started in 93 at the bank well, 93 to 95 at Compass 95 to 2002 at
0: South Trust And you started in 95 doing the part time job
1: And I started 95 And so you doing did the part
0: time job. job two jobs for 7 years for seven So in 02 you said no more bank, I'm going to go full-time at this firm. Yes. Did that same firm hire you? Yes. Okay, so what are you doing at that point there?
1: I, I'm, a, I'm almost at senior level with them now because most of the accountants there have started to retire. And so now I've really stepped into doing a, re, a, a business development role. Because
0: all, your, all, cause all your, your experience came from... Being part-time stuff.
1: Yeah, from part-time. I was with them every single year. Were they year. giving
0: you higher-level job positions and things to do even though you didn't have a degree because you had the experience? You Absol- just had to have the paper. Oh,
1: Absolutely they were. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Were. Because, I mean, they were great teachers as well.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's you, a 10 times you, better you, education you, yeah, from them in a, a classroom. I do not learn
1: from anyone better than, than Okay. Them.
0: So you're getting double education on this accounting thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what? Do you? can you tell me what firm it was?
1: So it's a... It, They've they've dissolved now. Okay. So they they went out in October of 2005, which is really a real reason why Ram evolved in in 2006. So,
0: 2002 to 2005, you're at this company, senior level, now go from there. When they, nope, so what happened?
1: So, about October, I started to see things get a little rocky and shaky. In the company. In the company. Okay. Um, And so, by this time, I am really living my quality of life based on this wage. Um, As you can Mm. imagine, I built a home, I just got in a car, and then I go to work and um, realize there's, appears to be some challenges um, Mm. at the office. And I was like, well, looks like um, this is coming to an end sooner than later. Although I was suspecting it, um, just because you can't work at that higher level and not know uh, that you know, the how company many people are in the, this office? Probably a, a, around that time because there were offices in Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, and Georgia.
0: So, so, this is I'm thinking you're like 10 or 15 people.
1: No, 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 this and is I've, a
0: huge accounting firm. It's a
1: huge accounting firm.
0: How many are in this office you're at in Birmingham?
1: Um, so, there were I'd probably say 75. Oh or so people okay. uh, spread out between two different locations. In Birmingham. Okay, so in 75 Birmingham. people,
0: and you just walked in one day. Mm-hmm. So you just, did you leave before they said, hey, everybody's got to go? Uh-huh. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, personal question, are you involved in, the, in this divorce at this time?
1: Oh, no. I'm, I'm, long, I'm long ago. Uh, at this point, I'm done gotcha. with. Uh, so my personal life, I mean, I yeah. built this house. Now it's just for me and my son. Just
0: for you and your son. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, so you used to, okay? So it was kind of like I want to have more time, but also I got to go to like it was
1: right. I, it, it was, was a little to forced. Find the right schools, and, and it was time to find a, the right school system. But when I built the house, I was I was not thinking I was going to be without a job. That is no, not no, no. sure what I was thinking. Where did all build a house in Helena? Great area. Yeah, in Helena. and so B- Way
0: before Helena was super popular. Way
1: before Helena was you're super popular. You still own that house? I still own that home. Oh,
0: my gosh. I bet you have so much equity. <laughs> I do. Holy <laughs> oh, crap. That's where of, my brain is. Yes.
1: <laughs> well, you're thinking right. Yeah. I have a ton of equity in that home. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Before it was a thing. <laughs> and to me, it was a crazy expensive, right? You know, yeah. at that time. Oh, not anymore. And not anymore, you know. But it's still a wonderful neighborhood, safe neighborhood, Um did, he go, did the, Christian go to Helena? Uh, he went to John Carroll. Oh, okay. So gotcha. He went to, gotcha. He went to John Carroll. Um, however, we did start out in Helena sure. schools, uh, elementary and intermediate school. But middle school and high school, he went to um, Catholic school. So
0: talk, let's talk about the transition from the firm mm-hmm. to your own deal. Because um, you had said, you made the comment earlier, I caught this, you said you had already started to build your own book of business. Yeah. But you were, these were your, your clients- at the firm. At the firm. So Johnny or Susie that lives down the lives wherever always worked with Darlene. Yes. And Johnny always worked with Darlene. Yes. So the firm dissolves. So talk about that transition there.
1: So the transition was, you know, was good. I will tell you, I didn't put a lot of thought in it. I was from the perspective of <laughs> I being being oh, you couldn't. I couldn't no. be a, afraid. Like I had to. I mean, I had a family to take care of. I mean, right. I've got this home, I've got a car note, I've got this child who is uh, showing Seven. every sign of being incredibly active in everything that he can put his hands Seven on. Seven year old. Seven year old. Yeah. So we were already playing baseball and soccer and, you know.
0: The time was starting to get, th- get to. T- yes. Because when they're four, or five, and three, four, and five, they don't do much. Right. But when they, seven, Georgia's seven, and she's starting to do stuff.
1: Yes. And he was really active. And so I thought, you know, if I really want to, then that meant leaving this company and having to go somewhere else and prove for myself in a position and not have, you know, not be able to get the vacation I needed, not get the time off that I needed, wouldn't have the flexibility that I, again, as I mentioned, was really important to me. And so I was like, hey. If it doesn't work, I can always get a job. Sure, I have always, I've always just felt yeah. that way. Yeah. But there was never a day since 2006 that I can tell you that I felt like it wouldn't work. Where there's has there been some challenges over the years? Absolutely, but that's in growing and nurturing any business. And there's been many iterations of RAM in eight, in almost 18 years. The amount
0: of confidence, though, that I feel coming from all this. Is very, very, it's, it's not out there these days. I don't know of many people that have that confidence that you did. Now, I'll say this. I felt like I had it mm-hmm. because I felt like the words you just said, I've said the words a hundred times to people, is when I felt like the Lord leading me out of coaching, I remember, I, I you're going to think this is crazy. My boss walked in and said, hey, because I had told him I'm, you know, let's talk at the end of the year and see how I feel. And he walked in halfway through the season and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to do some more. And he looks at me and goes, Well, what are you going to do? I goes, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. But I knew that I could go, at the time, I knew I could go coach in Georgia, mm-hmm. high school in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I knew I could come back to Alabama and coach mm-hmm. just because of my father. My father could help me get a job. I knew because I knew what I was doing. I was good at what I was doing, but I knew I could. But the confidence of like I'm gonna go try this, and if it doesn't work, no big deal.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
0: what sounds like what happened to you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I bootstrapped the business. And I'm so, okay,
0: let's talk about yeah. the nuts and the bolts. So, yeah. let's, I want to like like the details <laughs> of like you leaving this place and like how'd you fit like because people like hearing about this stuff. Like, how'd you start? Like, hey, I'm leaving. What did you do from there?
1: So I called my real estate agent, uh, and so this is not what most people do, mm-hmm. but I purchased. An office building.
0: You know why? <laughs> because your mom and your daddy did. And that's what they taught you. Yes. In Lake Charles, Louisiana. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I purchased an office building. Because
0: if you're going to pay the note, it's going to be to me.
1: <laughs> it's going to be to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you get it. I get so it. So everybody was like, what? You should no. go just lease a place. If this doesn't work. or what? If said, this, working, this I doesn't work, else. I'm somebody else. I got to owe somebody, some money. Yes. And then uh, commercial leases were a minimum of three years. Yes. 2005,
0: 2006.
1: Yep. Now they're you, five or 10. Now they're five or 10. You know, and you might, because of COVID, in some spaces get some short term things. Sure. Right? But there was definitely no short term things. Okay. Um, so you bought that a place. Time. So
0: I bought a place. Good for you.
1: Bought a place in November of 2005. Found um, a loan. That was very few loans out there where they will allow you to do the renovations uh, built into the, to your closing. Your closing. So it was a one year loan. Um, then I would have to actually get it, you know, had to get it refinanced. Right. But found a company to do that. So, therefore, the renovations that the building needed, I, I was able to build all that into the original loan cost of, of the location. <coughs> we opened January, like I said, we opened January 6th, and, you know, we have not. Oh, 2006, seven. January of
0: 07? 2006. 2006. We bought okay. the
1: building in November of 2005.
0: Oh, see, that was a quick turnaround.
1: Quick turnaround.
0: Good for you. Okay. And we,
1: we got in the building. But you started, had to be open for tax season. But it had to be open for tax season. Got it. That was a telltale. When your tale. back's against the wall, you, this, against, is, yeah. this is, this is, I got four to, months. Right. I had to make three and a living. And a half. Great. I had to make eleven. So we went in there. Uh, January of of 2006. And we have, you know, never looked back. But again, that doesn't mean that I haven't taken little small part-time jobs. I take people's maternity leaves when it was when it wasn't tax season, because I strictly was a tax accountant. That was my background. That was my specialty. And until I could build out the, the business in a yeah. way where we could offer other accounting services, I had to make money off of what I knew I could do and, and do well. How and long so. was
0: it just you sitting in the office doing doing taxes and doing stuff like that?
1: <clears throat> so I would probably say early on, I started out with uh, developing a team. Mm. And so the uh, after probably seven or eight months, I had an assistant. Perfect. Um,
0: okay. Let's talk about this. Because I had this conversation yeah. with somebody yesterday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Guy does over a million bucks a year in his business. He doesn't have an assistant at all. And mm-hmm. he does all the accounting, does all the, and I'm like, bro. So talk, let's talk about the importance of having someone as an assistant. What did they do for you when you first hired them?
1: Um, everything. So um, office building or offices, professional service then was still – answer your phone right somebody yeah. calls your office number you need to have somebody answering the phone it wasn't really as commonplace to have these voicemail systems and you know that they have set up now sure. in businesses somebody answered the phone they took an appointment you know or took a message yeah. and and then they begin to guide you through but the mo- it's someone for me really helped me really manage my day think about it I had a short window of time that I could work
0: yeah 8.15 uh, to 245 well, to
1: 245. So therefore, I have to get as much work done in that time frame as possible. And the best use of my time was not answering the phone and scheduling appointments, you know. And so if my assistant could get the initial work already done for me, which means, you know, what type of tax return do you file? Here are the forms you need to fill in. These are the things you need to bring in when you come. When they come in the office, I could do double the number of tax returns. In that window of time than if I was doing all of this uh, on my own.
0: So this is the way I'm thinking, and you haven't told me this yet. So you hired them in August-ish. Yes. But you knew that you had to have them trained up and coached up
1: in January. Can't, and you can't do that during the busy season. You can't do season. that in January.
0: So you had three months or four months-ish, five months, to coach this person up yes. on what to do. and what to do. This, tr- this strategy I nearly used a, a wrong word, it's not even a word. The strategy that you're like you're seeing
1: mm-hmm.
0: your vision's very, very good of like what's coming up next. Okay, so you hire this person. When do you when's your next hire?
1: So my next move actually wasn't an a hire, it was more of a um contractual agreement. So there was another accountant who didn't have office space, but they wanted they and they didn't want to own their own office space, but they had a big client base, so they came into our office, used our office contractually, and we there. Were, there was a commission split, so they they had to pay us a percentage to work under our company name and 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 use my assistant. Ram. Ram.
0: Okay. So after a year, Charlene, that's yeah. it. Okay, so let's talk through the. I want to talk through real numbers. So, so what's the person? Her uh, Frank. Let's call him Frank. Frank comes in, and he's the accountant. He's not. He doesn't have to rent, does he? He doesn't rent. He Doesn't rent. But he has to pay you a commission. So, so, so if. Uh,
1: so your book of business comes through 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 RAM. So mm-hmm. all of your clients come in, and so really in in accounting you have what they call ERO numbers and stuff. So we can identify who prepared what. So therefore, there's never going to be an issue with oh no, that was my client. No, that was my client because
0: you have this ERO number. Because that you have tells these you. numbers okay. that
1: identify your, okay. your client.
0: So Frank comes in, talk. Tell me about. Tell me percentages. What 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 did what percentage did you take in order for having them there?
1: So it, it was a, it was on a gradual scale, because when they came in, they didn't have anything. So I had to set up their office. So therefore, you got I, more on the front end. So I got more on the front end
0: to pay for everything.
1: To pay for everything, they became a part of our advertising, all of the things that we were doing. Is is however, but they were they were an independent contractor, we, and that's how we we managed that. And I want to say for probably six years we did this, and in the very end it was an 80-20. But in the very end, the, by the time at we the were very eighty, end, by what'd by what you the, start out at, uh, it was 60-40. 60-40. Okay, so nothing, not, so, okay. Nothing, yeah. nothing crazy. Nothing crazy.
0: Okay, so a thousand dollar tax return, the guy gets six hundred, you get four hundred.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Plus, they paid for the use of the administrative assistant.
0: What do you mean? They paid on top of that? They paid on top of the sixty forty split?
1: Yes. What what'd they what they tell me what they paid there? So we so we did it based on an average number of hours that everybody worked, you know, that they worked in the office. So if they were in the office, you know, 15 hours that week or 20 hours that week, they paid her hourly wages.
0: So you, did you ever have to pay for your assistant?
1: Um, not towards the end. Gotcha. So the
0: there end. was a 60-40 split. So Frank gave you 40% of the, his proceeds, whatever right. he made gross, right? Right. 40% of gross?
1: I got 100 and I gave him 60. Gotcha. The, all the funds came through us.
0: Okay. So then he also had to pay for the assistant the number of hours he was in the building. Yes. So, okay. Mm. How long did this person work for you?
1: Uh, probably about seven or eight years. Okay. But this person worked for me at the previous phone. Gotcha. So this is somebody I already had a relationship with, and I knew that they had a very strong book of business. And I pursued them once I realized that they did not go to another firm Right. to see was if they were interested. Working in- for
0: you, was that more lucrative than going to another firm? Was that a better, uh-huh. better, was that a better play for him, him or her? Then going a, to abs-
1: absolutely if you're if you're disciplined on it and you know how to handle a 1099 con, you know contract. Mm. Absolutely. Okay,
0: so who is your next hire or next contractor or person? What did you do? Next? So
1: then after that, um, we we really started to hire staff. So I don't today don't have contractors. They all so work So we don't for, have every okay. everybody is is an employee. W-2. Of, a W two employee of the of the firm, and so uh, we started to. So I kind of worked a two, three-man team. So I have one staff accountant. He's been with me part-time since, he's probably been there 16 years. But he has a full-time job. He's always had a full-time job. But he's come in and worked as my support. um, Sure. And really, so what I would do is I would then at that time get, build the book of business. I'd have all the clients come in. And a lot like what I did, data entry side, he would come in the evenings Mm. And do my dad. Two shifts work. passing
0: the night. You'd be go yes. to get Christian. He'd come in and, and he'd start come working.
1: in and he and he, would, he right. would work on all my files. And that way, the next day, my assistant would be like, "Okay, these files are ready. All you need to do is review them. We call the you know call the client back in and close out close out the tax you know preparation." What, okay, so
0: this is two. You said two thousand seven? No, no six. Two thousand six. January two thousand six. You hire this person. The second, the assistant in August of 2006, and then tax season starts and this this first contractor comes in. In seven. Where, mm-hmm. what was the, are you as large as you've ever been now, or have you ever been at a point where you've had a larger staff?
1: No, avid, I've just grown. I okay, have, so yeah. where are you, how many
0: staff do you have now?
1: In it's, your, it's a team of 10 of us now. 10
0: of you. Mm-hmm. How many of them are accountants like you that are doing work, and how many are support staff?
1: Eight of the 10 are accountants. All all have accounting degrees. Degrees. Yes. And two
0: support staff. And two support staff. Is two enough? Um,
1: Well, I think you would have to kind of understand the the model. Sure. So what we do now, we don't do a lot of tax work anymore. Okay, so what do you do now? So we've evolved into more of an accounting management services firm. So we provide accounting services to businesses that don't have accounting departments on site. Okay. So we do all back office support work, or we enhance your accounting payroll? department. Uh, payroll management. We don't process payroll. That's yeah, you know a different that, animal. That's a different animal. Yeah, but we do. You know, of course, payroll management, but bookkeeping, uh, sales tax payments, use tax payments, uh, business licenses, uh, policies, PNLs. processes, procedures, financial statements. So you do.
0: So you do. You do P and So
1: P and Do you know Lindsay Miller? sheets, cash flow statement. Do you know Lindsay Miller? I do not. I don't
0: know you gotta meet Lindsay miller so she own, she owns empire m p i r e which is very similar they you do more than what she does mm-hmm. but it's the same same concept okay, so y'all are more business do y'all wanna do taxes at all
1: we do some it's about twenty percent of our of our of total total business portfolio now
0: yeah okay so the what's the largest part day to day the largest part of what you do day to day
1: business development only now okay I really, mean, I, okay,
0: so so I'll understand a little bit what that means. A lot of people may mm-hmm. not, because business development to some people means raising money. It means just tell me what tell me what you're.
1: So I still manage the day to day operations from the perspective of of knowing where the team is and, okay. and, and placing the team on the di- on on the different accounts. But for the most part, my day consists of um, returning phone calls, meetings. Finding ways to front face uh, for for the company, doing things such as this podcast. This morning, yeah. I was on a panel. Uh, left from there, had a had a board meeting because I I sit on several boards. several boards. Um, so those sorts of things to me are business development.
0: Absolutely, boards, because they
1: are critical to really telling people and continue to tell your story and validate you know the work that that we do in in the business community. But I will tell you that it gives me a chance now to really cast my net wider. Sure. We service businesses in about 12 states, and my employees span over four states. Um,
0: so the 10 the 10 people are spread out in four, four states. states.
1: Colorado, Louisiana, Texas, and Alabama.
0: Okay, so why did you get into the, the non-tax stuff? Tell me how that came about.
1: Well, because I really focused on taxes, mm-hmm. and I was doing a lot of tax work for small businesses, Businesses with Schedule Cs, yep. you know, really starting out maybe two, three years in business. And I would see them year one. Um, they come in with their shoebox of receipts and, you know, Ziploc bag of receipts and that sort of thing. And then we would put together, you know, their working trial balance, get their tax returns prepared. And then there was always this, I didn't make any money. How do I owe taxes, you know? So now you got a client who's got a tax liability and they got a bill. That they owe the firm. And they, in their minds, have not made any money and they haven't done, you know, Mm. they haven't done that well. They
0: thought they were going to come to you and get a check.
1: Right. Or or at least not have that depth of of a tax liability. Because when you don't have books or records and you don't have financial statements, you really don't know how well. You really don't know what the business made. You really don't know, you know, what your expenses are. Chances are if you come in with with a... shoebox of receipts, they're not, it's not all of your expenses. So you're leaving a lot of deductions on the table, yeah. you know, likely if you're, if you're doing that. And I was like, so I started asking questions. So what's the gap? I said, what's really happening? What do you need? And they were like, well, we need people who does bookkeeping for small businesses, we need payroll companies who do payroll you know, for, for, smaller, for smaller entities. And something, because really the larger firms back then, they didn't have, like today you can go to a firm and they're gonna have all the pillars of services like we do as well. But then they did tax and they did audit and you did everything else somewhere else. <laughs> right. You know, you did bookkeeping, you hired a bookkeeper, you hired a payroll company. And those things did not intersect with your accounting firm. Um, So now we find that if you really want to be a part of helping businesses to grow, you want to be a part of what I consider uh, a a robust and strong ecosystem and an economy that we all can thrive in then these sorts of needs had to be met. And so I, it was really for me, I found a need and I decided I wanted to fill it because I know being a part of an entrepreneurial family and coming yeah. from uh, parents who were self-employed, how important and how well our lives were, were realized and lived through them. Right. I wanted everybody else to have the, the same opportunity if they felt that their gap was books books. And records and really understanding how to manage the back office. The back end of, things. Of the, because and most of the time in small business.
0: businesses, you don't have somebody that can do that. Like no. Sierra runs payroll for us, but she yeah. literally runs payroll. That's all yeah. she does. So, okay, so this is a great point. Who do you help? Give me the box. I know it's, I mean, four states is nuts. You have... You know, Mm -hmm. your people in four states. Give me your box of the bulk of the people that you help. Because there's somebody listening to this, watching this, that's going, that's what I need. So give me, like, who who are you helping the most? Who Who can you help the most?
1: So our biggest book of business is working with nonprofit organizations.
0: Really? I would have never guessed that. And no, people
1: don't realize how critical nonprofit oh, yeah. organizations are. I mean, so when you think about nonprofit organizations, they are a lot of times they are the lifeline and the lifeblood to many of the services that families can utilize. One way or the other, when it comes okay. from medical services to ed- educational services, uh, research, um, child care, uh, uh, offerings, child care, churches? Know, churches, all of it. And the one thing that they lack is funding for operations. You have to remember, they receive a lot of their grants and funding, and therefore their programs.
0: Do you help with that? For? With grants and funding.
1: We don't help with grants and funding. We manage the grants. So, which means help them tie... You... You help them stay accountable for stay they get a hundred thousand. They get a hundred thousand yep, dollars. to, to check grants. these boxes. That's right.
0: You report back to the grant that they did they this, did so that. they don't have to pay their that's money back. And that's how they
1: use the funds. That they use the funds were you. So it could be grant drawdowns. It could be grant reports from the federal level to the state level, local levels, whoever's are are the grant issuers. You know, and and whatever their their uh, terms. How many their-
0: non 501 or non nonprofits do you have? a bunch.
1: Yeah. It's a oh, bunch. so
0: you still have a bunch of non of like regular business people like me?
1: Yes. Yeah. And our nonprofits span the globe. I mean, like we have national organizations that we work with. Mm-hmm. And then other businesses that we really like is our people who are in the restaurant, bar, retail space. Again, another really uh, uh, entities where their margins are really really slim. Sure. And so, therefore, you know, just money management is critical, critical. in in those markets. Do uh, you
0: meet with those clients or someone on your team meet with those clients? Like the guy that owns a restaurant. Do you all meet with them once a month, once a quarter to say, okay, here are your numbers. This is what you want. Yes.
1: We, we meet with them accordingly. We meet, we meet as. If they need to. If they need to. And we meet. All the information is accessible and available to Correct. our clients. Right? But a
0: lot of these, listen, here's the thing that I'm finding out. And this is even me, too. When I first started doing this part mm-hmm. of the business, a lot of people can't read those statements.
1: Absolutely. So so at the, on the panel discussion this morning, that was a lot of what we were talking about, is that... You have to be, you have to want to be educated. I tell my business owners all the time, it's not enough to say I don't like finances, I don't understand it. You have to try to understand it. You have to understand the the basic terminology because when you're talking to your banker or you're talking to your investor, these these are terms, key terms, that you have to at least be able to understand when they ask you for a statement of income or they ask you for your balance sheet or ask you for your cash flow statement. You know, do you do a budget versus actual report? You have to have some foundational knowledge about the numbers that represent your business because they are asking you these questions. Mm -hmm. And although you can say Darlene and their team, they do an amazing job with this. Can you call them and ask the questions They're not giving the money to Darlene. They're not giving money to Darlene. They're not giving money to us. So we want to be... So I tell people, if they're looking for transactional firms, we're not that type of firm. We we are a firm that comes in to build a relationship and be sure. a partner um, with our clients. We want to be a part of your growth strategy. We want we want you to not make real critical decisions without contacting us right. so you can understand you know, what are the tax advantages to that or what we're looking for, what we're looking at in terms of a, from a liability perspective and if that's a good move for your company, and even if it's an authorized move, right? Does the IRS say, is this fair, is reasonable, legal? and legal? <laughs> You yeah. know, is this something you can do and say this is going to be a business deduction?
0: How many um, of your clients, you brought up a good point, how many of your clients have investors that aren't like like me, I own my company, no one's helped? Like, how many of them have like people that are giving outside capital?
1: Um, we probably have about 30% of our total portfolio. Really? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Is because that is that
0: picked up in the last five
1: years? Absolutely.
0: That's the thing that I don't like.
1: Absolutely. I, the world that
0: I really don't understand. And totally. I bootstrapped.
1: Me too. From day one. I mean. No money. No money. No no loans. No, I mean, not me either. the only loan I had was on the building itself. It was on <laughs> yeah, the, the real that's estate. Exp- but that's, yeah, not, but that's, 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 that's an expense. That's, that's an expense, right? But I'm just saying that was the only.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: But there were no business loans.
0: So let me. Here's, I have a theory either. behind this. Okay, and mm-hmm. you can tell me what you think. the The number of investors or investor backed businesses that have picked up, whether it be restaurants or tech firms or whatever, is it because people? Is it because people are scared to do it by themselves, or is it because people don't want the liability? of it being their own money? What do you think?
1: I think it's a combination of things. I think slow and steady is not... Boring. It's boring. You know? Um, I also think that there is the notion that my idea is so great and you should want to invest in me. Um, And therefore, you use your money and I'll use my brain or I'll use my resources or I'll use my... You know, whatever this passion is, whatever this mm. thing is that, that we are, we're doing in business. Um, I also think it is what sounds to be the winning thing. Now, if you have investors, then that means you're doing something that everybody else um, should be interested in or would want. Right. Because
0: um, yeah, if so and so is investing in me, it's got to be a good. It's got to be a good idea. It's
1: gotta be a good idea. That's a fa- I
0: think that's a facade.
1: You know. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And, and, and so um, but it's also lazy ways to me sometimes and maybe lazy is not the right word, but if you don't have any skin in the game, then sometimes I don't think that you are as disciplined and committed to what you say is the vision for this right. company or this product or, or this service. And it's so much easier in my mind to give up on somebody else's money than to give up on your own. And Absolutely. Like for me, you know, not, not making it was not even an option. No. There's never a day that I've gone in my office and said, oh, I should probably think about something else. Mm -hmm. Now, I was humble enough to keep a resume nice and clean and ready at all times, just in case I had to go get a job. But don't ask me for a resume today. I don't have one. I haven't had one in years now. I have a bio. I have a resume.
0: Okay, so let me ask you a question. (laughs) So you've grown a business a lot longer than I have. Okay. How old is Christian? 24? No, 24.
1: He'll be 24 in May.
0: Okay, 24. Mm -hmm. Are you unemployable? Yes, So the first time I heard this word was by a guy named Brian McKenzie. Brian's a great friend of mine. And I was trying to convince him to move to Birmingham to do something here in Birmingham that I thought was a slam dunk. And he just stops me. He goes, let me stop you. He goes, Thomas, he says, I'm unemployable. I didn't know what that meant. He Mm -hmm. goes, I've worked for myself for so long that I I know that it would be darn near impossible to go work for someone else and then tell me what to do day-to-day?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think for me, it's not the tell me what to do day-to-day. I, I think for, for, for me, I'm unemployable because it's, it's very challenging for me to have one focus and not another. And so, you know, in a job, I'm going to have a job description. I'm going to have specific work that I'm going to be doing but I almost promise you I'm not going to be able to stay in my lane <laughs> because sure. I'm used to being a CEO. I'm used to seeing the business from many sets of lenses, and I'm going to want to be a part of.
0: Not be in it, uh, but understand and be a part of it.
1: And I want to be a, a part of it. I want to understand it. And, um, and I've been offered several jobs in the yeah. last few years, and I have to tell people that even when I make my transition, this is not, True. this is not what I'm going to be doing, wow. you know, consulting fine, going in. And I'm going to tell you, it's even challenging, even with growing companies, because I have to be mindful that they're here. They want me for accounting. They didn't, they didn't <laughs> they ask my, opinion. Didn't ask my <laughs> They didn't opinion. Opinion. Uh, my opinion. They did my I don't have any equity. I have any equity. They didn't really asked my opinion about their CEO work. Wow. Um, and so therefore I'm, I'm, I'm really good with allowing my accountants, those account managers, to really be front-facing with the clients, so that I'm off of the grid. You should the be doing this. Of, yeah, like that's we, not, didn't you. You. <laughs> we didn't ask you. We didn't ask you that. <laughs> What's the P and L side? Listen, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Um, okay, let's transition to this. So, tell me about. So, you came from a family that did outside investing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What do you do outside? Do you have what in outside investing do you do?
1: Same. Real I estate. invest in real estate. Okay. And um, I also do, uh, I invest in tech companies.
0: Tell me about your real estate. What do you
1: own? Um, so I, I, too, own commercial property. Okay. Uh, and I have a couple pieces of residential property. And we still own most of our family's property in Louisiana. In Lake Charles? Yes.
0: So your father's passed away. You told me about that. Okay. Yes. Tell me about your mom's. My mom
1: passed away. Okay. So my mom passed away in 2001. Okay. Um, I was a tender age of 29. <sighs> So I'm going to tell you, a lot yeah. of my fire was as sure. a result of the death of my mom. Yeah. And so January 7, 2001, my mother passed. Okay. February 28, 2002 is when I left corporate. Oh, and I was like, yeah. like, I don't have to do this. Mm-hmm.
0: So your dad, you said your dad passed away in 04? 14. 14. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when he passed away in, 04, in 14, what did y'all do with the 18-ish
1: so, so now a lot, of the, a lot of the residential real estate my father had already started to dispose of and sell. And, um, and then those assets started to be dispersed and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, earnings started to be dispersed between, right. the, between the children. So what do y'all like Charles? So we, we sell on our commercial property. We the grocery on- store? We still, We don't. own, No. 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 Okay. We don't operate anything. Don't operate anything. No. Just own okay. the own the property, property itself.
0: Is somebody, you have a tenant and all that?
1: Yes. That's and great. and we have our family home. Okay. We still have our family home in Louisiana, my parents' home, and I also Who lives there? I own no one, but we love the home. It's a beautiful home, and it's it's a place that we go to four or five times a year. Oh. As a family. Everybody
0: goes. And Everybody gathers.
1: goes and gathers. Yes. Wow. Yeah, home is still home that's for awesome. all of us. Okay. And we may all be there together at times. Sometimes it's just two of us and our families, right. or it's me and my girlfriends. We take sure. girl trips, uh, you know, to Lake Charles and, wow. and spend is time. Is it on the water? There. It's on the water. Oh, <laughs> that's
0: why. I was thinking some house in <laughs> a cul-de-sac somewhere. Okay, that's why. Yeah. Is it on Lake Charles?
1: Where? Where it's, is it at? It's on the, right there in the, the golf area. What oh right, right there off the... Gulf of Mexico, I-10 awesome. Bridge area, all in there. No so one, we have okay. always, uh, sorry, always what get a back girl. to
0: there. Yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: always, and have always been. But we, we love it. So we have that, and then we still own my grandmother's property. Really? My mother's mother. We still own her property. Wow. And she owned a she owned a little bar, is what she owned. okay. And so that none of but nothing is on her property. Mm-hmm. It's just land. Just land now. So, tell me about Christian. Christian's an accountant. <laughs> Does he work for you? And he works, he works for, for me. me. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay. Great. Um, so he started out in uh, private aviation when he first uh, graduated college. So he he's a he, pilot. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. As an accountant. Gotcha. Uh, he, w- he was working in corporate accounting. Okay. Um, in, in private aviation and and a tech company. So he did a couple years. Um, um, Independently of working for me, we was, you know, as a, as the company was growing and we were expanding, I thought, hmm, so I went, got me a coach and a mentor, somebody who also runs a family owned business Mm. and, and their son is working in the business with them as well. And I, want, I just had some questions. I was like, do you do this sooner or, than later? Or, you know, how many years experience do they need to get, you know, and that sort of thing. And so it was really based on, like, what, what are you planning on doing? Sure. You know, it's really based on what you are thinking about doing. And then if, if this is something that he's interested in having or you're wanting to leave to him, then it's probably sooner than later that he becomes a part of the business because he doesn't only have to grow as an accountant. He has to understand the operations of the firm. All the things that you do. Now, we ain't just things, doing taxes. It's not just doing that. Right. Okay. And so I made the offer. It wasn't that attractive to them, of court, to him originally because, you know, sometimes your children are like, Oh, I want to work for the big four. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I want to do all the, all the, Fancy things that I think are happening in accounting. So, in his mind, he kind of like, I'll give you a little bit of my time, but I'm still looking for another job. You know, I'm still going to be looking for something. Where did something he go to college? Else. He went to MSU in Denver. He's a basketball player. MSU in Denver. Metropolitan State University. Okay. Yeah. So he, he played basketball he there. Played that's basketball. great. Yeah. College athletes love it. Yeah. So he played basketball there. Um, and that's how we have an employee in, in Colorado. Indiana, so he lives there. And we now have an office there.
0: So he lives there. That's who yes. does your Denver operation.
1: Yep, oh. that's who runs the Denver. Okay, operation.
0: so let me ask you a question. Do you think that it's so? This is you hired a mentor to answer this question, but do you think it's uh, do you think he could go somewhere else and learn more? No. Why?
1: Because I have everything that he needs, and I have a strong team
0: yeah.
1: of employees who who he can work very closely with.
0: He can learn. So okay. So and, this if, a- and
1: if he uses his network outside of work. To his advantage, then he then has a way to independently uh, grow professionally. Oh God, I a question. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. I got two questions left, so sorry. So, one of they have nothing to do with each other. So the first question I have is: Are you the most knowledgeable person about everything that y'all do in your office?
1: Are you saying that from the perspective of operations or from the perspective of accounting? Accounting. No, I'm not.
0: Great. So give me an example. Because I tell people this all the time. I say you gotta hire someone that's smarter than you.
1: Well, because we have certain specialties, so we ha- we have to have people
0: that you don't that you that know, know about. Don't ha- you I don't have. I know about, but like you but don't, have, don't. You have got this much knowledge. They got they, this much, and stuff. they have
1: that much knowledge. Absolutely. And so we set out to hire. Why is that so important? Tell, tell people why jobs. that's so important. Be, because you you can't know it all. I mean, yeah. you you really can't have a depth of services where you can say you're an expert at all those services. You, you absolutely cannot be. I mean, and we have to have QuickBooks certified pro advisors. We have to have people who are knowledgeable in, in grant tracking and not-for-profit accounting. We have to have people who are knowledgeable in construction and real estate development. Account. All of these are different animals. You know, the fundamentals of accounting are the same across the board, but everybody has specialties. But
0: there's so many niches.
1: And there's so many niches. And if we want to carve out our niche, we have to have experts working in the firm where that's their specialty. What keeps
0: keeps these people from leaving you and going doing their own thing?
1: So I will tell you, I think that at RAM, we do a really good job of we're very competitive from the perspective of Salaries and pay and that sort of thing. So we offer the same level of benefits, four hundred one k, you know, health insurance and that sort of thing. Um, But i I pride myself in really um, highlighting the real work Mm -hmm. that my team does, allowing them to be the leaders that they truly are, and not suppressing them. When I tell people all the time that when I want feedback, I really am a boss and a, a owner that wants feedback. Sure. There are better practices out there. There are things, we, how we can streamline processes, anything we can right. do internally, please bring that before yeah. the team. And we do that for each other. Um, we are a complete remote team. Now, um, really? even though we still have our office base, we are still a complete remote team. Um, did
0: COVID force that, or did you, were you doing that before? I had you?
1: started doing that. Look so we were about 50 50 already. So about okay. 50% of my team at that time was already working from home. So you don't
0: have to buy another office in Denver or where? No.
1: Mm-mm. Nope.
0: That's great. So if Trisha wants to go to, on vacation to Chicago or he wants to go to LA, he can go to LA and, go, and, and work, still work. And still work. Great.
1: And has everything, everything he needs um, from right where he that's is. That's wonderful. Um, so I, I try to be, I'm not a micromanager. Okay. Um, and almost to the point where if you're hired to do something in our firm, that's what you're hired to do. And we have high Expectations. Now, we really yeah. do have high expectations of your performance. Uh, but, however, we do allow our team members to have the flexibility they, too, need right. um, when it comes to their day-to-day work. You get the job done, we're satisfied. It's about the
0: job, it's not the hours. It
1: is not the hours.
0: Okay. Before we go, you're, you've talked about so many things in people that you can help. There's someone out there that's listening that has... Heard and listened to, and said, "Wow, that's that's what I need." That's I, I mm-hmm. mean, How would someone get in touch with you, your company? What's the best way to do that?
1: Um, so you can reach us at um, hello at ram H e l l o at ram firm. R a m f i r m dot com. Um, we are also on everything, Instagram, um, so LinkedIn, Facebook. We have, we have pages in those spaces. And our office number is 205-925-7263.
0: Now, last question. Seriously, last question. Stop. Sorry, I've said that four times. So where do you get most new clients? Are you taking new clients right now?
1: We are taking new clients. So
0: where, where, where do most of your new clients come from? Referrals. So I figured you do any advertising. No, no advertising. No.
1: Nothing other than, you know, telling our story through social media Sir, social and free, things like that. But no advertising. No advertising. No advertising.
0: Do you have to turn business down? Yes, we do. Turn- and we
1: also we also know what we're better suited for.
0: It, it's not a matter so of not wanting not to do just something. something. Not
1: doing. We just say we just decide we can't be everything to everybody, right? We're not right. probably a better suited firm for some types of businesses, but so we keep abroad for referral sure. business so though as well internally to say this firm does this work very well.
0: People that do that that say no have a better culture and a better quality of life because they don't say yes to everything and saying yes to everything stresses out your team it does i mean it does mine and i'm not even close i mean i
1: do yes. food yeah but it does stress out your yeah. team because that your team is looking at you like
0: no we can't do that.
1: that's not our background yeah. <laughs> why are we yeah. well we just have to we had to, we
0: get to some points where we have to just say no we're not taking like we did had two weeks ago we had three events on friday one in botanical one in Huntsville, and one somewhere else in birmingham and we just put on the calendar hey no more events this day
1: Right. So. But you also have to think sometimes about why you're saying no to. Now that's also a really important Absolutely. Uh, part for, for business owners to understand. Are you saying no because you're afraid to make an investment in in the human capital and maybe other resources that you that you right. need to to do that function or provide that particular service in your business. Now, that's a whole nother matter. If your no is for that reason, then you have another hurdle you need sure. to cross. So you can really understand what will get you there so you could say yes to these types of clients.
0: We say no for bandwidth. Can't do it. Physically, can't do it. And money. Right. Like, it's not worth us doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to lose money, but we're not going to make money. And if I, and if it's a situation where we're not going to profit, if I if I'm not going to profit much and my team's morale is going to be low it's just a note. Yeah. So
1: perfect. I I I agree with you there. Yeah. yeah.
0: So. Hey you've been awesome. <laughs> it's been so much fun. Uh, it's been so fun. much fun. Thank you. So Thank I really you for really appreciate me. you coming and joining us. So, yeah. Thanks so much.